welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Well, it's actually my privilege to introduce Pete. So uh, welcome, Pete Gregg. Why don't you make some noise for Pete? In case you don't know, this is Pete Gregg. He leads the team that leads the church. So I'm just going to pray for him and then hand over to you. Is that all right? Yeah, God, thank you for... You're awesome, Josh. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. I receive that. Um, I'll never be the same again. Yeah, God, I thank you for Pete. I thank you for his courage just to lead us. We just pray for him this morning as he shares where we're going this year, that you just fill him up and bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Josh. It's just so inspiring, isn't it, to hear all these amazing uh, stories of God on the move in other countries, here locally, uh, making a difference amongst those who don't yet know Jesus, making a difference amongst those who are struggling in life. Uh, on the margins for many reasons. And that's really what we're focusing on today. And, uh, you know, what, there are three times in the year where we sort of get the whole church together, and this is one of them. So it's a particularly exciting and special uh, day. Uh, we, we come together for our Vision Sunday in April, and then uh, normally in July we come together for our sort of family summer Sunday and baptize and so on, and then for Mission Sunday uh, in September. And this is really the Sunday where we very deliberately look outwards. Um, on, on Vision Sunday, we think about the church and who we are and where we're going. Uh, and, uh, you know, we sort of do our big ask financially for the year and so on. But on Mission Sunday, we focus on our mission. We focus on the poor. We focus on the lost. And uh, we think about that. I'm reminded of the, uh, the, the famous quote from Archbishop William Temple, who uh, said, the church is the only society on earth that exists for the benefit of its non-members. We're not here just to build our own thing. We are here to make a difference uh, in the world. And uh, so I wonder if we could just pray uh, together again. Lord Jesus, you left heaven and gave up everything to come and serve. Help us to follow your example. And Jesus, you stood in the synagogue that day and quoted Isaiah 61. You said, I'm here to preach good news to the poor and to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Help us to follow your example. And Lord, you went around preaching the gospel and loving the lonely and healing the sick. Help us to follow your example. And on the cross, you laid down your life for everyone. Help us to follow your example. And you rose from the grave and you looked at your best friends. You looked them in the eyes and you said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I've commanded and I'll be with you always. Lord, help us to follow that example. Amen. I love the uh, story of the former deputy prime minister of this uh, country, George Brown, in the 1970s. He was deputy PM to Harold Wilson. 
and uh, he was sent on a state visit to Brazil, and he attended a glittering uh, official reception. And uh, it, it was a really flashy affair. Um, there were, thank you, Nikki. There were, um, you know, soldiers in full uh, military dress uniform, ambassadors in court dress, and so on. And uh, George Brown famously quite uh, used to like a, a bit of a drink. Um, he was the sort of politician that um, I was going to say you don't get anymore, but actually you do. <laughs> <coughs> And so it's a great glittering affair there in Brazil. And um, one particular figure just caught George Brown's uh, eye. Uh, just stunningly beautiful, sort of all eyes on this figure, you know, long flowing red dress at the sort of heart of the whole uh, event. And so um, George made a beeline. Um, for this glamorous creature and asked her to dance. <clears throat> and the woman in the red dress turned to him and said, I won't dance with you for three reasons, Mr. Brown. The first is that you're drunk. The second is that uh, the orchestra isn't actually playing a waltz, it is playing the national anthem of Peru. <laughs> you should actually be standing to attention right now. The third reason, Mr. Brown, I will not dance with you is that my name is Juan Landazuri Riquette and I am the Cardinal of Peru. <laughs> <laughs> Blurry vision can be a problem. <laughs> it's vital, isn't it, that we focus clearly and think coherently, otherwise we're just going to get swept along on a swirl of whatever happens to feel good for us at any moment. Our urges will be misguided. And so today we are seeking with clear vision and, and coherent thinking to focus on the mission of uh, this church. We want to play our part in reaching this region with the good news of Jesus Christ and we want to resource a movement of prayer, mission, and justice throughout Europe, which is the darkest continent on earth right now. It's a vast uh, vision, but every single one of us has a part to play in this. We are uh, all of us able to do something. You can share your faith. Uh, with your friends and colleagues. You can play your part in binding up broken hearts. We saw in the pictures on the screen so many of you involved in what the Lighthouse is doing. You can serve on a team at the heart of this fast-growing church. Bill tells me we grew 37% last year in the last year. And so as we grow, it's all hands on deck. We love being part of something that's exciting. and We love being part of the favor of God. But it means that you can't just be a consumer. We all have to do different jobs, do what we can do. You can play a part in this great vision by uh, helping us to plant churches. 
Uh, we're aiming to plant one church a year. We planted two uh, last year. So we're, we're having a year off this year, but next year we'll be planting another church. We don't yet know where. Uh, answers on a postcard. But you may well be called to be part of a church plant team. And if you're not, uh, then you can give and you can pray and you can support and help to send. Uh, it's amazing to think that we planted Woking a year ago and to see how lives have been changed and how uh, we've doubled in size. It's amazing that it was only a year ago that the team in Ibiza started their Sunday services, in fact, less than a year ago. And uh, they now, uh, as you know, are uh, again growing very, very fast. Uh, thir- you know, uh, 30 kids alone. In fact, Dave um, Slynn texted me and said, today they're baptizing two uh, people. As we meet, they're there, doubtless in the sunshine on the beach, if you feel a call, let me know, Uh, baptizing uh, two people, lives being changed. You get involved with wildfires. Uh, We we helped start a festival earlier in the year, as you know, and it was just wildly beyond anything that we could have asked or imagined. The Spirit moved in such power. Uh, Kids and young people deeply impacted. Lives changed in just three days, Monday to Wednesday. And so um, we're going again next year. And we're expecting the whole thing to grow. And the vision for wildfires is that we would fan the flames of the next great awakening. We're going for more. We're not just happy with business as usual. We're not happy with survival. We believe that the kingdom of God is designed to grow and to advance, that Jesus is in the business of building the church and he sends us out to make a difference and to bind up the brokenhearted. And so we're going to give ourselves in prayer. We're going to give our resources. We're going to give our time. We're going to give ourselves to this great uh, vision. So let's turn to Luke chapter 10. And uh, we are going to uh, just dip in and out a bit of a, uh, one of the great mission passages, Luke chapter 10. And actually, before we look at verse uh, 17 to 24, we're just going to uh, look at the context, the start of it. Luke 10, 1 to 5. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. Some translations say 70. Some of the ancient manuscripts, some say 72. It's one of those bits of the Bible that help you understand how real this is, that uh, it was either 70 or 72, but definitely a lot of people. Uh, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Uh, and he, Josh just said that, didn't he? He said, um, you know, it's, we partner with Jesus as we go into places. We go in and Jesus follows on. Um, verse 2, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I'm sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. Don't take a purse or a bag or sandals. Don't greet anyone on the road. And when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. And if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. And if not, it will return to you. Jesus uh, says that the harvest is plentiful. There's a sense that the mission is urgent. And that is what we are experiencing as a church, that many people are turning to Jesus, coming to faith, coming back uh, to faith. We see it in many parts of the world, the church growing furiously. Is David Yegnazar here? 
David, come on, you've got 30 seconds just to tell us. Um, D- David is one of really the key people in what is the fastest growing church in the world in Iran uh, through Elam Ministries that he heads up. And it's just always inspiring to hear what God is doing uh, there in, in Iran. So come on, you've got 30 seconds, David. Okay, yes, despite uh, the persecution, as you said, Iran's church is actually the fastest growing church in the world. And actually what that shows me is that there is no place too hard, no place too dark for the gospel. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ that we're talking about, and it works. It is truly good news, and when we proclaim it, it it really changes lives. So I get the privilege of hearing testimonies every single day of people coming to faith, their lives here on earth changed, their eternal destinies changed, and uh, it's growing very rapidly. So get involved. Stein, do find out more about Elam. We just love Elam. They are doing the most phenomenal work serving that fast-growing church. So Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. We see the gospel working locally. We see it working certainly in contexts like Iran. What should we do about this great opportunity, the plentiful harvest? And Jesus says the first thing is ask the Father to send out uh, reapers, harvest hands. The first thing we do is we pray. And so we are about to launch our next season of 24-7 prayer. And uh, there are a few slots left, not many. Sign up, get your time uh, in the prayer room. And I was reminded just literally this time last week, uh, some of our friends, Charlie and Esther, were talking about um, their first visit to the prayer room and what happened. So Charlie and Esther, come, come on up tell us about that. Um, You know, prayer is right at the heart of this church. We're committed to asking the Father to send out harvest hands. We believe that anything not born in prayer is born in pride. And so prayer is where our mission is rooted. So Charlie, just tell us what happened. Uh, Okay, so the first uh, time we tried the prayer room was a bit of a, well, it didn't go according to plan. Uh, We booked the six to seven slot and I thought it was super convenient because came back from work and uh, I was going to do, oh no, Esther was going to do the first slot, we were going to cross over for half an hour and then uh, I was going to do the next slot. So I dropped her off at six o'clock and I got a phone call about ten minutes later. Um, Charlie, um, there's other people here and they're very kind and they say I can stay but uh, we were at six and seven in the morning (laughs) that morning. So Note to self, just check what you're booking. Um, and I felt devastated. I felt really bad. I felt like I'd let, I'd, I'd let God down. I'd like made this appointment in my mind with God. I'd been excited about it all day. And I felt like I'd really let God down. Um, so we, we went back, looked on the, on the website, and there was the, what was it, the two to three slot was still available. Um, so that AM, yes. <coughs> so, so we um, anyway, bleary-eyed. Uh, I think you went first, didn't you? And uh, and then I and then I uh, we crossed over for a little while, and then and I know I came. And um, oh, so I was standing there in the prayer room, um, and I was I just had a little pray, and then I was listening to Lauren Daigle. Fantastic. She's wonderful. Think Adele Christian. Um, and 
I was just listening to one of her songs, and uh, it was the chorus goes, I will seek you first. And uh, so I was singing that really badly. And I just felt, and God interrupted me and said, but I'm not, am I? And I just thought, what? He said, but, but I'm not, am I? I'm not really first. And um, I was really cut to the core. And I started to just weep. And I cannot remember a time when I have sobbed over my sin. Uh, and, uh, and God was, was dealing with me in a very deep and meaningful way. And uh, he said, okay, well, let's get a piece of paper out and let's write down together the things in your life that need to change. And so I wrote a list. And by God's grace, he said, well, okay, let's, let's work on this together. And, uh, yeah. I've noticed a step change in my Christian life since that particular meeting with God. I'd really urge you, if you get a chance, make an appointment with God. I know that we can, we can pray on the bus, we can pray on the train, we can pray in our bedrooms, in the study or wherever. But there's something very special about making an appointment with God in the prayer room. Go and meet with him there. I really urge you. Do you want to... Can I... Yeah, do you want to see? What, a, what about that time when you had to take your shoes off? <laughs> um, yeah, so I had gone to the prayer meeting, uh, prayer room, and I think it was about four o'clock in the morning. And um, I was like feeling really good. I'd got up. I bought my wrong glasses, but that was okay. We were going to cope. And I went in and I felt like, you know, I've got this scheduled, I've got it sorted. And I went in and I. I had to kneel down and I felt God say, actually, you think you've planned me into your life, but I've invited you here. Take your shoes off and come into my presence because I'm inviting you and I have things I want to share with you. And just that overwhelming the privilege that God invites us to join, join him and to pray and ask him to join us. And the practicalities of what he spoke to me that, that morning were incredible about seeking him so yeah yeah we think we're making the appointment it's god making the appointment with us amazing. amen thank you charlie and esther amazing <laughs> isn't that extraordinary so simple just getting alone with god and then he speaks and he convicts and he changes and transforms us and so uh, the great mission be begins with prayer. Jesus says, ask the Father. And then he sends out the 70 or the 72 and says, go. And, you know, it's interesting that the, the reason he chose 70 or 72 is almost certainly that he was thinking about Moses in Numbers chapter 11. It's interesting that Moses chooses 70 people and he makes them elders. He gathers them into the prayer room, the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. He gathers the 70, and uh, he says, you're going to be elders in the land. And uh, it says that, 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 that God gave a share of the Holy Spirit to every one of them, and there were two more that accidentally kind of got baptized in the Spirit. So it's interesting, even there it's either 70 or 72. 
And he said, now that you've got the Holy Spirit, your job is to rule in Israel. And so uh, there's a great sense here that Jesus is saying, we are the new Exodus people. And uh, I am choosing you to go out uh, and you're going to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and you're going to rule and reign in the land, all these towns and villages you're going to visit. And so when we are sent out on mission, we are filled with the Spirit, whether it's local mission, the school gate, uh, whether it's mission in your workplace, whether it's mission in social transformation and working on a team, whether it's going uh, translocally somewhere, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us and the call upon us he empowers us to exercise authority to lead and and there are many of you here God is fast tracking you into leadership because as we continue to be blessed and we continue to serve and we continue to grow uh, you're not going to be able to just be on the receiving end you're going to have to lead and this and you think I don't have what it takes to do that but the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and will empower you he is raising us up to lead not just in the church but in the land I, I talked I don't know if she's here but Anne Matha just um uh, on Monday, and she was sharing how she started the food bank on one of the poorest estates here in Guildford, and now she's passed that on, and she's got an eye on a particular you know, shop that's empty, and she wants to turn it into a social enterprise cafe. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon us to exercise authority in the land in a hundred different ways. The measure of a church's success is not in its seating capacity, but its sending capacity. It's not uh, in its services on a Sunday. It's on our services to the poor on a Monday. It's not in our profile. It's in our depth. And Jill has been helping us with that. It's not in our efficiency, but in our love. And so the great question we have to ask ourselves all the time is, would anyone notice if we just packed up and stopped meeting? Or to put it another way, would the people of Guildford, the people of Woking, the people of this region care? Would they grieve if we ceased to exist? And so let's continue with the passage, uh, verses 17 to 24. The, the, the 72 come back full of stories about their mission trip. It says, they returned with joy and they said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on stakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing's going to harm you. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And now listen to this. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you've revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father. No one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then he turned his disciples and he said privately, hey, hey, blessed are the eyes that see what you see. Because I tell you, many prophets and kings wanted to see what you're seeing 
but they didn't see it. They wanted to hear what you're hearing, but they didn't hear it. When I hear the kind of joyful reports that we've been hearing today, it, 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 you just feel the sense of blessed are the eyes that see what you're seeing and hear what you're hearing. Is it everything we're dreaming of and praying for? No. But is it something you'd better believe it? Because at a time where the church is meant to be in decline, we're growing. We're finding people encountering Jesus. At a time where the media is writing the church off as socially irrelevant, we are planting ourselves right at the heart of broken communities and broken lives. And we're seeking to use all of our skills, all of our money, all of our prayers, all of our intelligence, all of our contacts to make a measurable difference in the lives of people who are on the margins. This is worth getting out of bed for in the morning, isn't it? This is what the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to do. And so we feel something of the joy of Jesus. Isn't it beautiful that when they come back full of these stories, Jesus just doesn't say, oh, good job. But it's like Jesus erupts with joy and starts to have a one-man worship session with the Father. You know, some people dream of leading worship in front of thousands Dream of leading one person in worship. Dream of leading Jesus in worship. Isn't that a cool thing to do? You say to me, how do I do that? Well, you bind up the broken hearts, you exercise authority, you preach the gospel. That's how you lead Jesus in worship. If you want to learn the guitar, feel free. <laughs> and so we've heard so many stories. Social transformation. Eric and Rebecca have just been sharing. Some of the stats they didn't mention. You know that last Christmas they had 90 people for lunch on Christmas Day. You know that we've been kidding out kids to go back to school and we put shoes on 45 children's feet. And you may say, big deal, but I tell you what, if you're a kid going back to school and you've got all the natural nerves and all the natural apprehension, but on top of that you're from a broken family and you're struggling with life and then there's the, 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 the thing of going to school and, and then you're going to school and you're ashamed of what's on your feet. They don't fit you. Just to have a decent pair of shoes and a backpack that you can be proud of, I tell you what, that makes all the difference in the world to your confidence. It didn't cost us much, but they feel a million dollars thanks to your generosity. We are desperate to make a difference in so many lives. And as we look to establish the lighthouse here in Guildford, it's been extraordinary. I can't go into details, but uh, Eric and Rebecca had meetings with the head of the council from Guildford who came and saw the the lighthouse or just blown away so we want to do this in Guildford and they said which bit he said all of it I want to do all of it can we help you find buildings for that and we said oh all right then and and so praying that we can't go into details but just favor as we seek to make a difference you've heard the stories from Emmaus in Woking over the last year we've got a picture of Ho Valley's school the new school uh, that's where they're uh, moving in and uh, you guys as from next week it's the new venue. This, the, this is the sort of commissioning moment. Uh, many of you will remember that lovely... It, here's just one snapshot behind all the stats of growth. Here's Rosario getting uh, baptised uh, uh, in, in July. Rosario, are you here somewhere? Where are you? Dude, we love having you, not just here, but in the family of God. Do you remember you went into the lighthouse and you started to hear about Jesus? Was it Josh that prayed for you? 
Josh, amazing. God can even use Josh. And he's awesome. And, and, and you experience the Holy Spirit. And, and I remember on the Alpha Holy Spirit Day, someone said, you, you received the gift of tongues. You got baptized. What difference has it, has it made in your life? Just from where you are there, just knowing Jesus, Rosario. Jesus has transformed you completely. What price do you put on that? Is it worth it? You better believe it. The harvest is plentiful. Who is going to know Jesus this time next year because of our obedience? Uh, There are people who don't have any clue about Jesus right now who are going to know him this time next year as we keep obeying. I love uh, this this guy here, Steve. Uh, Steve, are you here? Steve... Well, I was floored. Some of you here, uh, it, when Steve shared his testimony uh, and, and, and talked about how he was in rehab and at the end of, he tried everything and eventually cried out to God and said, you'd better help me. And how God has broken into his life and to- completely transformed. And when you meet Steve, you can see the joy of the Lord on him. And then what really floored me was Pete started playing when I surveyed the wondrous cross and I came forward and received communion from Steve. I've never uh, received the broken body and the blood of Christ in a way that's moved me more than I did that day from Steve, just as he prepared to get baptized. We are in the business of changing lives through Jesus. And you've heard the stories from all of our uh, mission partners around the world. Uh, It's extraordinary all that's happened uh, in so many different uh, contexts. And you, you heard the stories, for example, about the work in Ibiza. Uh, in the last uh, 12 months, they've established this bilingual church plant. Uh, they're running Alpha. They baptized three people in the beach on Easter Day. And one woman who objected to them baptizing on the beach and barbecuing on Easter Day uh, then came to church the next week and gave her life to Jesus Christ. And you, you heard about Danny and Liddy's work uh, in uh, San Pena with the Roma community there. And it's been a long process, but they now have a weekly church service, listen, led by a man from the Roma community. That's great missions work uh, right there. And uh, you heard about the breakfast for sex workers happens at 4.30 a.m. And these women at the end of, uh, 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 to say it's a hard day, hard night's work is an understatement, but coming and taking their wigs off and just being cared and loved for. Do, Do we endorse what they do? No, it breaks our hearts. But do we love them? You better believe we love them because Jesus loves them. In fact, he, he, his heart is particularly towards those who are most broken. And here's a snapshot of our team that we uh, sent. For some of you guys are here out uh, to the street work in Ibiza um, in, in the summer, led by Jake and Daisy there. What an impressive group of people that is. And um, good job, guys. It's amazing to see, you know, integral to our mission is all that we're doing with young people because they are such a major uh, percentage of this church. And Matt Davis and his team are just doing a phenomenal job. We actually just completed uh, a review of our, all our youth and children's work because we just want to uh, work out. We always say what's good and what could be gooder. And so we've been looking at what could be gooder with our youth and our children's work. And they've come up with some brilliant ideas but I just got some numbers. Um, you know, the Holiday Club, for example, that was run in August 
uh, just a few weeks ago, had 55 to 10-year-olds, and most of them are not part of this church, but they were there being loved and cared for. Uh, in our schools work, we are serving three local secondary schools on a regular uh, basis. On Sundays, uh, as of like two weeks ago, we, we did our sums, we found out we now have 125 under 14s that we care for at Woking and Guildford on, a, on any average uh, Sunday. Um, and the youth work is growing apace. In January, we had 218 under 18 year olds, and now we have 345. So I don't know what that is, but that's a big growth rate. I just want to thank all those of you who volunteer regularly to make this uh, possible. Our challenge is primarily space. Woking have cracked it. They're moving into their new venue. Uh, we, I don't know what we, what we do in Guildford, but we need more different age groups, different spaces for them. And so please pray. And so there is just so much that we could, uh, else we could celebrate. Uh, next Sunday, we have Alpha Sunday, and we're going to be sharing stories. Uh, you know, we, I don't know if you noticed this, we used to get kind of speakers in for Alpha Sunday. And then what we found was this church is so full of people with incredible stories of how Jesus changed their lives that actually it's better just to give space for people in the church to come and be interviewed and share their stories. And so that's what we started doing, and we're going to be profiling some people like that next week. And when you invite your friends to Alpha Sunday, they actually generally haven't heard of most of the people that we're <laughs> asking to speak anyway. So it doesn't make any difference for them. But what does impact them is to hear ordinary people who do ordinary jobs, live in ordinary streets, talking about how Jesus Christ has changed their lives. And uh, so do come along next Sunday. Um, some people, you know, it's easiest just to invite them on Alpha. Uh, and by the way, don't, don't say come on an eight-week course. Say, why don't you come once and try it out? And, uh, but others, it's easy to invite them to church. Uh, everyone that you know is aware that some people go to church. I know that probably millions of people go to church and just invite them. And if, if they already like you, then they're probably likely to be interested in coming. And uh, the Alpha Sunday is always one that we make particularly accessible for those who are less familiar with church. And so I could go on, but we hear all these stories, you know, God blessing the youth work and people like Rosario and Steve's lives being changed and uh, shoes on children's feet. And we feel this joy, which is the joy of Jesus when he hears these kind of reports. So let's keep giving. There are three ways that we can uh, respond uh, right now uh, and uh, you know it's all about giving and the first one is this uh, let's live to give hope let's re let's recommit ourselves to give hope with our lives one of the ways that you can give hope uh, sorry if this sounds a little bit cheesy but it's really from the heart is really truly be thinking who can you invite on alpha you know, don't, don't just assume everyone else is doing it. Because the people you know and care about all around you, at work, in your street, in your family, they, you know, they can come to know Jesus, but it's just going to take a bit of courage from you. Why don't you invite them on Alpha? Uh, it starts, Alpha starts on the 9th of October here in Guildford and on the 10th of October in uh, Woking. So this is the perfect time to be inviting. You should have got a flyer as you came in. Who are you going to give that to? But as well as living to give hope, live to give yourself in prayer. 
live to give prayer. Sign up. Get in the prayer room. You might have an encounter with God like what Charlie and Esther were just describing. The, the harvest begins with praying to the Father, asking the Father. So let's be a people of prayer. And finally, of course, uh, we can give our money, our dosh. Uh, we, 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 this stuff needs resources. It, it, obviously, as the church keeps growing, we have to grow the finances to keep up with all that. And we can't all go to Ibiza. We can't all give quite as much time. But we can, most of us, give money. And, you know, it doesn't cost a lot to put shoes on a child's feet, but it really does make all the difference in the world for them. What price do you put on eternal destinies? What price do you put on binding up broken hearts? What price do you put on kids being discipled and growing in the ways of the Lord? If, after listening to this talk, you would like to give to the vision of Emmaus Road, no pressure, but you can do so by heading to www.emmausroad.com forward slash give.